NASCAR scores big, so does the NBA All-Star Game, and what's up with NBC and its streaming? Welcome to the latest sports media beat. Well, this is the Sports Media Beat. We are putting this together on February the 18th, 2020. I'm Dan Lavallo. So much to talk about. Let's begin with NASCAR and the overnight numbers on NASCAR. This was for Sunday's telecast, not Monday's. As I put this podcast together, I don't have Monday's numbers yet. And, of course, the race was postponed after 20 laps on Sunday, And I am sure there's going to be a lot of coverage as to Monday's race and the end result, Denny Hamlin winning his second consecutive Daytona 500. But all eyes are on Ryan Newman, who is in serious condition with that horrific accident near the end of the race. But if there's a piece of good news, it's that He does not have, according to doctors, and as I put this podcast together, he does not have life-threatening injuries. But that said, that was just a horrific accident, and I know the pundits are going to be out there saying NASCAR needs to do this to reform, NASCAR needs to do that to reform. You can't be having this witnessed on national television where somebody almost gets killed or somebody does get killed on national TV, in an auto accident? I'm not making or giving an opinion here. I'm just stating what I am sure is going to be stated over the next few days particularly. And I'm just thankful, and I'm sure we all are, that Ryan survived this crash. It was horrific. Otherwise, it was a it was a great race, as the numbers are are showing. Now, Sunday, Sunday's race, of course, commanded a lot of attention because President Trump and the First Lady were on. In fact, they started the race. They had that ceremonial lap at the beginning of the race. And during the period when the president was on, the ratings from the previous year of the Daytona 500 increased by 32%. A 32% increase in the overnight ratings. Best since 2015, by the way. And then the first 20 laps of the race before it was postponed, a 19% increase. First 20 laps of the race, 10,935,000 viewers. And that compared to 2019 when you had 9,184,000 viewers. So NASCAR begins a new season, the Daytona 500, ratings up. NASCAR needs this. I'm a NASCAR fan, so I'm rooting for them. And, of course, again, as we stated, that uh, sad, sad situation near the end of the race, the horrific accident. But uh, we all hope that Ryan Newman will fully recover and live to race another day. NBA All-Star Game. Now, the NBA did a did a version of the Elam plan. Who is Elam? Elam is a professor from Ball State who has come up with a way to make the finish of NBA games more exciting and much faster than what we have now. I'm not going to get into that. I would say Google it and you'll find out what the Elam plan is all about. It's designed to, you know, when there's two minutes left in an NBA game, 
not have the remaining two minutes take 20 minutes. Fouls, a timeout here, a timeout there. And the All-Star game, the NBA All-Star game, had a version of this. It wasn't the exact plan, but they had a version of this. And apparently it was a hit on TNT because the ratings increased. 7.3 million people watched the NBA All-Star Game on Sunday night and watched Team LeBron beat Team Giannis 157-155. to The pregame tribute, which included a salute to the late Kobe Bryant, averaged 6.3 million viewers and viewership for TNT's weekend coverage of the NBA All-Star Game was up 15%. I read a story, by the way, quoting NBA Commissioner Adam Silver as saying he acknowledges that the NBA ratings are down. He attributes that to several reasons, one being some of the league's premier stars have been injured, and he also acknowledges that times are changing. And the younger generation particularly is still absorbing the NBA. It's just that they're getting their NBA content from other sources, i.e. streaming. That they're not watching television. They're not watching the NBA games on television. They're cutting the cord. And so the NBA has to be aware of this and try and remain a step ahead by devising other ways, particularly streaming, to deliver its content to the younger demos. I think I said this on a previous podcast. The NBA is very popular, especially overseas. And the NBA is going to even be more popular in this country when more and more states legalize sports betting. We get into this on almost every podcast, but that's the truth. And it's not just the NBA that's going to be benefiting by that. Other entities too, Major League Baseball, the NHL, and the Stack of stories here. I have something in regards to betting in the NHL, and we'll get to that shortly. Uh, But that's what the Commissioner Silver is stating, that uh, he believes that injuries to stars and also with the younger demo accessing NBA content through other avenues, that's the reason the TV ratings are down. Now, Let's talk about NBC for just a moment. NBC NBC has the NBC Sports Gold streaming package. And then they come along with NBC Universal's Peacock streaming service. And one of the main areas of content for NBC Universal's Peacock streaming service is going to be the coverage of the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. And people are wondering, well, wait a minute. NBC already has a streaming service for sports, NBC Sports Gold. And now you're taking sporting content and putting it on NBC Universal's Peacock streaming service. What's up with that? Aren't you competing against yourself? Well, here is what NBC stated in an email. Quote, NBC Sports Gold's Premier League Pass will not be impacted by Peacock. Viewers now have more choices, whether it's the sport-specific offering on NBC Sports Gold or as part of the wide-ranging and robust news and entertainment offerings on Peacock. So NBC is going to attempt to, well, do both. Give you some sports contact on, content on NBC Universal's Peacock streaming service, but also give you all sports on NBC Sports Gold. And when you think about it, it's an approach that 
they take with television. You've got the NBC Sports Network, which is all sports. That's a cable channel. But then you've got NBC, which carries a wide range of programming, including sports content. So that's how NBC is looking at it from its streaming angle. And I get it. Now, the NHL and betting. The NHL and IMG Arena have expanded their deal. Now, you may be asking, what is IMG Arena? IMG Arena is a London-based sports betting service. And the NHL already had a deal with IMG Arena, but now it is expanding. Why? Because it's all about the betting, baby. And in many of these areas, you've got the league, which wants to stream, wants to stream content, but doesn't have the resources to do so. So what do you do? You cut a deal with an entity that does have those resources, and that's what the NHL is doing. What this means is IMG Arena will have the rights to provide U.S. sports betting operators with live streams of select NHL games that are out of market to be used on digital betting platforms. Now, how come not in market? Well, because you've got a lot of these partners with the NHL, a lot of these TV partners that cut big deals to carry, for example, Boston Bruins games and the Boston market, New York Rangers, New York Islanders, New Jersey Devils in the New York market. So this is for out-of-market content along with betting information so you will be more informed on who to pick, who to bet on in an NHL matchup. So the NHL cutting that deal with IMG Arena. Sinclair Sports, remember Sinclair or the Sinclair Network and how they went about acquiring all of these regional sports networks from Disney last August? Sinclair Broadcast Group is its official title. And they they shelled out something like $10.6 billion to Disney to buy 21 regional sports networks. Well, guess what? It's all about the streaming, right? They want to stream. They want to present their content through more than just TV. But again, even these major entities don't necessarily have the infrastructure or the apparatus to stream the content they present. So what do you do? Cut a deal with somebody who does. And that's what, according to one report I'm reading, and remember I link to all of these stories in the program notes, just go to sportsmediabeat.com. Sinclair Broadcast Group apparently is going to institute a streaming service, and there are reports that Sinclair is about to close a deal with Delta Tray. Now, these regional sports networks, we're talking 21 that Sinclair Broadcast Group owns. Well, at the moment, they carry 40 sports teams from Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NHL. So, speaking of Major League Baseball, there are reports that Major League Baseball and the Players Association are in conversations about cutting back video. The Athletic is reporting that MLB and the MLB Players Association talking about reducing the in-game video availability for players. And it's all the result of this cheating scandal and the Houston Astros taking the video, and you know the story, and perhaps even the Boston Red Sox. And so the Major League Baseball ownership 
in conversation with the players on reducing video availability to players. Some people with the players are not happy about this. I read a story, J.D. Martinez, Boston Red Sox, not happy about this. He he, he relies on video and various angles watching him bat well after the game is over. Video from, you name the camera angle, he relies on it. And if that gets reduced, he says he's not going to be happy about it. So not every player, it seems, is going to be on board as far as this is concerned. But anyway, that's what we're hearing. Nothing official yet, but there is conversation apparently between MLB and its Players Association. Mike Breen. Congratulations to Mike Breen. He receives the Kurt Gowdy Award along with none other than Michael Wilbon from ESPN. And this has to do with, in this case, Mike Breen, NBA broadcaster, winning the 2020 Kurt Gowdy Award, named after the all-time great sportscaster. Can I give you a plug for another podcast I do right now, The Baseball Beat? Many years ago, I interviewed Kurt Gowdy, of course, outstanding baseball broadcaster, outstanding football broadcaster, basketball, played basketball at Wyoming. He had written a book about baseball, particularly, but also the the era of sports between 1949 and 1960. And the gist of the book was not only about baseball, but uh, the, the basketball, the the illegal betting and throwing of college basketball games. He went into all of that in his book. Well, I interviewed Kurt about his book. This is going back to the early 90s now, and you can access that interview by going to thebaseballbeat.com or just doing a search for The Baseball Beat in your favorite podcast directory, and you can hear that interview I did with Kurt Gowdy, just a tremendous broadcaster, the late, great Kurt Gowdy. Well, Gowdy was also a great broadcaster for basketball, and the Basketball Museum in Springfield, Massachusetts, named the Broadcast Award after Kurt, and each year they give that award to a recipient. And in this case, Mike Breen and Michael Wilbon, the award recipients. And Mike Breen calls the Knicks games for MSG and also the NBA games on ABC and ESPN. He's done it for 28 seasons. And do not forget, and I I talked about this on a previous Sports Media Beat podcast, the passing of Don Imus and what Don Imus meant for sports talk radio and what Don Imus meant to Mike Breen's career. Mike Breen is another one who got a big boost from the late, great Don Imus. And now he receives the Kurt Gowdy Award. And Marv Albert, who preceded Mike Breen as one of the voices of the New York Knicks. Of course, he had an unceremonious departure from the Knicks, but has gone on to greater things most recently over the last quarter century with TNT. Marv Albert, who is now 78 years old and who called the NBA All-Star Game for the 25th time on Sunday, and is in the second to the last year of his contract, says he has no plans to retire. I feel really good right now. I have a contract that extends. I would have to say I'll take it year by year. Or as Marv would say, 
I feel really good right now. I have a contract that extends. I would have to say I take it year by year. Fraser to the head of the circle. Jumper. Yes. Because it was Marv Albert who was the one who coined yes when a Nick would make a basket. Tell you something else about Marv Albert people might not know, and I still have this on tape. I don't know if the cassette tape is any good. I don't know if I could even put it on a sports media beat podcast, play a portion of it. But when Marv Albert first started out, not only did he do Knicks games on then WHN 1050 in New York, but he also was the host of the Yankees pre- and post-game shows. The, the New York Yankees flagship station was WHN 1050. And they'd have a pregame show and a postgame show, and the host of the pregame and the postgame was none other than Marv Albert. And I always remember that on Sundays he would interview the Yankees general manager, Lee McPhail, and you could write questions into Lee or to Marv, and they would read those questions on the air, and that would be the Sunday pregame show. And then Marv would play highlights. You think this uh, thing is just over the last 20 years happened where with the digital exponents that we have today it's so easy to put highlights together on a postgame show we were doing this back in 1970 i was doing it with my buddy bob black when we were broadcasting richmond braves games with cassette tape we had a system in place where you would get your highlights together using cassette tapes and we'd play the highlights boom 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 well marv was doing it too in 1970 that was what 50 years ago you would hear highlights on the radio of a Yankees game on the Yankees post game, where, you know, Bobby Mercer hit a home run. Marv would have the play-by-play action with Frank Messer, uh, Phil Rizzuto. In 1970, it was Frank Messer, Phil Rizzuto, and Bob Gamir, the Yankees broadcast crew. Subsequent years, Bill White, Frank Messer, and Phil Rizzuto. And Marv would play the highlights on the post game. So this isn't something new. This has been around for more than a half century. And, of course, we all know how long radio's been around. But anyway, Marv, 78 years old, still going strong, the former pregame and postgame host of New York Yankees games on WHN Radio. 25 years he's called the NBA All-Star Game, and now he says he's going to keep on keeping on. Good for Marv. That's going to do it for the Sports Media Beat. As always, thanks very much for listening. Please do me a favor and subscribe to the Sports Media Beat. We are in Apple's podcast directory, Google's podcast directory, Spotify, iHeart, all of the major podcast directories. And if you would like to email me, my email address is dan at danlavallo.com.